24-7 podcast. This is Brian Albright, Editorial Director at Digital Engineering Magazine. Today is part of our annual Technology Leaders Series. We're going to be talking about a key part of the product development process, uh, requirements writing. And I'm joined today by Jordan Kiriakitis, co-founder and CEO at QRA, which offers software tools that help improve and optimize requirements writing and reviewing. Uh, welcome to the program, Jordan. Thank you, Brian. It's good to be here. Good. Uh, I wanted to start off by uh, talking a little bit about product complexity. Uh, you know, sure. we write about different technologies in the uh, design process here at DE. Product complexity has really affected every stage of the product development and design cycle. Yeah. How's, how's that type of complexity making technical requirements writing more challenging? Yeah. Um, well, writing technical requirements, like writing in general, has always been challenging, right? Um, what complexity does is it makes technical requirements writing a lot more important, right? And, you know, product complexity means that there's a lot more interdependence between all the different pieces. It means the components of the system have behavior that changes as you add more components. Um, it, you know, what, what product complexity does it's put a lot more importance in the systems engineer, a lot more importance in the early stages of product development, and it pushed a lot more importance in the technical requirements themselves because people will rely on, on the technical requirements. So it's important that they're accurate, complete, and correct, more so than previously with more simple products. Well, given that, you know, what are some of the common you know, failure points or challenges in requirements writing that companies seem to really struggle with? Yeah, we'd say, let, I'd say there's maybe three that I can just think of uh, right now. One, that people don't know at the start what the, all the details uh, of the product are going to be. And so the skip writing requirements, or they write some very vague, very open-ended statements, and they justify it by saying, well... There's great uncertainty, so why bother? Uh, a second failure mode is the complete opposite. They spend enormous amount of energy trying to spec out every detail at the start. I think both of these are, are clearly not a good way to go. The third failure mode occurs somewhere between these two extremes and is actually the most common failure mode that, that we see. You know, companies understand the growing importance of technical requirements. They have processes and tools in place to write and manage the requirements, but very often measuring the quality of the requirements. You know, are they clear? Are they complete? Are they consistent? These quality indicators, these are things that are usually left to manual inspection by high value senior engineers. And much of this work, frankly, is kind of drudgery. We have a lot of high value engineers doing very low value work. And oftentimes people just don't know what makes a good requirement and what are the elements of, of good requirements. That's probably the most common failure mode that we see. And, and I think uh, just personally as an editor, I don't edit requirements, obviously, but I know that uh, there's a lot of human error that can get involved because after you start reading things over and over again or reading a lot of similar types of documents, you're, you, your brain just sort of overlooks a lot of things um, not through you know laziness or anything. It's just like you know you just start skipping things as you're reading things over and over again, uh, yeah. and you might look at the same mistake ten times and never see it. T totally agree, right? I, I always say if you want to pit human against machine for 
checking 10 requirements for quality, you know, the human will win almost any time, uh, almost every time, but making now 10,000 requirements, it's a different, different ball game. Right? Uh, has the shift to remote work affected that requirements writing process or development process in any way? Absolutely. It has affected it. It's, you know, being remote also means that you work a lot more asynchronously. Right? Uh, you collaborate, but oftentimes it's not in real time. And that means that the written word is more important than ever. Right? I think requirements engineering is becoming more important, and rightly so. You know, I'm contrasting here requirements engineers engineering versus requirements management. Right, The engineering part is more important. And the remote workforce is a multiplier of this importance because people have to rely on um, some kind of documentation to do the work, uh, more so than in the past because the technology is new. It's a lot more complex. So they rely on what's available. And most often that's the written word and that's technical requirements. Has anything changed about who is doing the requirement writing at these organizations? It has, uh, mainly due to um, business pressures to produce more quicker with higher quality, you know, and you can't get all three. Um, we're seeing oftentimes people will, will um, contract out the requirements writing, or they'll be written by uh, people who are quality engineers, but English is not their first language. And so there's weird kind of, um, uh, let's say, local variations in the requirements writing. Um, so those are the main things that we see. And generally a shift towards younger engineers writing the requirements. Well, I know uh, QRA has a product called QV Scribe, and that helps companies improve requirements writing. So how does that platform work, and in what ways does it sort of improve this whole process? Well, it helps in, um, in, in multiple ways, right? So at the first stage, it helps with the authoring process. So as people are writing requirements, um, if they use QVScribe, they will get feedback immediately as they're writing it, right? What's un what's unclear, what's vague, what is inconsistent with previous with previous um, um, requirements written. And so, you know, I'd like to say you want to catch errors, not with a product recall, but by hitting backspace a few times on your keyboard, right? And so it's the real-time aspect I think is important. Another one is the reporting capabilities so that uh, project managers and leaders can you know, requirements writing is often an opaque part of the development process, and especially now as the early stages of product development are more important, um, the reporting that we have will give managers a view onto how the requirements writing is going. Are they writing a lot of requirements? Are they editing them? Are they improving or, or getting worse over time? I think another important aspect is that uh, QBScribe is cross-platform. It's not um, whatever you're using right now in your to manage your requirements, whether it's Word and Excel or Polarian or, or Doors. Uh, we sit on top of the database and to provide an analysis for you. So we're not stuck to any one particular uh, platform. One other one I think that is important is that our analysis is very configurable and explainable, right? We do use a lot of NLP, a lot of AI in our technology, but it's not a kind of magic, you get what you get and we can't explain it, why, why it is. Right? We'll give you actual feedback and guidance on how to improve your, how to improve your requirements. Well, and I think that's important too, because I, you know, that people understand that, 
you're not feeding your requirements in and then the machine is doing something and you're saying, okay, we're good to go. These, these, it's offering guidance to the writers and the reviewers of these things about what may or may not be incorrect so that they can apply some human judgment to it too, right? That is, that's a really good way to articulate it. Uh, it's, it's exactly correct, right? This, this QB scribe is not, it's not meant to replace humans writing requirements. It's meant to elevate their thinking so they get away from things like syntax and patterns and um, these sorts of things can be caught on with an automated tool much more quickly and with less effort than a human. So the human can spend now, like you mentioned, on exercising their judgment, right? Is this the right, is this the right thing to do? Uh, anything else about uh, either the QV Scribe platform or about the evolution of requirements writing you think it would be important for our listeners to hear? I would say, um, yeah, maybe two, two more things. One is, you know, th- is to start thinking about requirements engineering, the engineering part of requirements writing, right? It really is a new discipline that's emerging that's important and it's coming, it's coming hand in hand with the rise of systems engineering, and with the uh, understanding that there needs to be some kind of integrated data between or integrated data formats between all the different elements of product development. Requirements are one, but there's also designs and models and, and so forth. Um, and the third one, I would say, is to template the requirements as much as possible. We find most of the companies that advance further than others have adopted a style guide um, or a template on how to write requirements. And so that means the requirements automatically have uniform format. It frees the human now to analyze just the content of it as opposed to the syntax. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Jordan. It's my pleasure. Yeah, it's great to and, chat with you. And thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the uh, DE 24-7 podcast. Mm-hmm.